Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast. I am Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for tuning in once again to this award-winning podcast. And alongside me this week is Alex Pereira. Hello, Alex. Hello, Luke. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. And uh, it's been an interesting week so far, it's fair to say. Certainly in the international games, some vital games have taken place over the past few days. And it was England who won on Saturday. They won 4-0 against Northern Ireland. It did take them a while in the end, but in the it was Beth Mead who proved to be the hat-trick hero in the end for Serena Riegman's side. Yeah, it was very much a game of two sides. It's not like England didn't have chances in the first half. They just failed to capitalise on that momentum. And Beth Mead, as you said, was the game changer, scored a hat-trick. I think I read somewhere that it was also the fastest hat-trick for England. I'm not 100% certain on that. And then, of course, a nice little goal from Bethany England back in the goal. So, yeah, pretty comprehensive win for England in the end. Yeah, it's just a hat-trick in just 14 minutes. The game was played at Wembley as well, which is great. It was great to see a big crowd in there. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we want for women's games. We don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, we've got record crowds every time because women's football is important enough, is as important as the men, so it should get the same respect. So the women firmly deserve to play at Wembley. And if they keep putting in performance, performances like that, then it's really hard to not turn up at Wembley and want to watch them play. Yeah, our very own Liv Griffiths was there. There is no interviews because I think she was pretty drunk watching a game. Uh, I don't want to sit with me, so I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> but she was definitely there. She wasn't there in a working capacity, put it that way. But she will be back next week and we'll hear maybe a bit more about that as well. At Scotland, we had Sophie Howard on last week. She was talking about the vital World Cup qualifier against Hungary and they left it late, it was fair to say, in the end. It was 1-1 going into the last minute before Rachel Corsi stepped up to head in from six yards out and give Scotland a vital win and they'll be looking to get to their second World Cup in as many in as many tournaments. Yeah, definitely. And they'll kind of want to emulate the men's success of getting to the Euro, Euro 2020. So they want to... They want to be in and amongst the comprehensive teams, big teams. And it's sometimes in football, football never really goes to plan. And sometimes those last gasp goals are what you want. And just delighted for Scotland, really, that they won. And sometimes you can play well and you can end up losing, but they got the goal that they needed. They got the three points. So they should be pretty happy with their performance. Yeah, Scotland head coach Pedro Martinez Loza said it's the kind of game that helps to grow as a team. And he's done a really good job since he's come in, hasn't he? Yeah, it's all about gaining momentum in these kinds of qualifyings that you can take forward and the experience that you can then put forward if you do qualify for the World Cup. Then, you know, it's probably managing a team like Scotland probably isn't always the easiest because not everyone in comparison to England a lot of the players are in the Premier League playing at the top level whereas in Scotland yeah that some of them might be playing at the top of the Scottish League but it's very vast and few and far between in terms of experience so he's done a great job to sort of unify the team and 
help them push towards qualification. Scotland take on Sweden in a friendly in Paisley and then their next qualifier comes on the 26th of November when they take on Ukraine at home. Wales had a tough evening in Slovenia. They could only draw 1-1 in the end and they went down to 10 men also. Gemma Granger's side ended up getting a vital point. It was Kayla Green who rescued it in the end. They did miss a number of chances, Wales. And what looked like a difficult surface and difficult conditions... Green did get sent off two minutes after she'd equalised as well. So a tough evening. It means it means that Wales are second in Group I. France beat Estonia by 11 goals to nil in the other game. So they are now top by two points. Wales are a point clear of Greece. And for Wales, it's a bit of a bedding in period, isn't it? Gemma Granger's come in and you mentioned about Scotland. There's, there's not as big a pool of players for Wales is they? they have got a decent squad but yeah Gemma Granger still waiting to stamp a mark on that side didn't she yeah definitely and I think the fact that they were able to equalize and they were able to hold on after one of the players got sent off is really important because sometimes in those big moments it's how you're going to play as a team how you're going to ride out the storm so to speak and sendings off can really impact a game, and even despite it being very late on in the game, so it's it's a really good positive move for Wales that they were able to hold on. Yeah, Gemma Granger called the draw huge. But yeah, it's just it's nice to see teams like Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, etc., join England in these big competitions, and you know, the Premier League not Premier League, the Women's Super League, Scottish Leagues. It's trying to get the best out of those players to prepare them for these big moments with their countries and for them to sort of learn off other established internationals that they can hopefully take into their teams. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where when a new manager comes in, they want to stamp their authority. And it seems to be working so far, but I don't want to don't want to praise her too much or too little because we've only seen a little bit of her. We need to we need to spend a bit more time sort of seeing her in action, so to speak, and seeing her plans come to fruition. Yeah, and Republic of Ireland, they had their first game of the qualifying period over this weekend as well. And they lost 1-0 at home to Sweden. It was an own goal by Louise Quinn in the end. Sweden are top of the group. They have played three games, though. They've got 100% record. They're on three wins out of three. Now, it, domestically, it's been a busy weekend in the National League as well, in the Northern Premier Division. Wellington Wanderers, they do 2-2 against Burnley. They do remain top of the table, though. And they're quite a way top of Fylde. They are currently four points clear, although Fylde do have a game in hand. Also, Derby drew 0-0 against West Brom. Fylde, as I say, are in second. They beat Sheffield Ladies by four goals to one. In the Southern Premier Division, it was another defeat for Hounslow. They lost 3-0. Not as, not as bad this time, but they lost 3-0 down at Portsmouth. Ipswich Town, they stay top. They've got a perfect record. They've won nine out of nine. And they are six points clear of Southampton. Ipswich won 1-0 against Bridgewater United. And Southampton, well, they didn't have a game in the end. It's the early rounds of the FA Cup. It was third qualifying round action. And FC United and QPR were among the teams who sealed their place with big wins. They 
FC United were the most convincing winners. They defeated Merseyside-based outfit BRN ESC 12-1. Kirsty Chambers scored four. Ellie Rigby and Connor Mather netted braces in a match which saw the home side open up an 8-0 lead by half-time. FC United weren't the only side though to win convincingly. Leafield Athletic prevailed 12-1 in their trip to Leicester Road, while Lytown defeated Whittleslit Athletic 9-0. The biggest week, the biggest, the biggest win of the weekend went the way of Sherbourne Town, who scored 13 without reply against Weymouth. Stourbridge they eased past Solihull Sporting 9-1, while there was 8-1 win, 8-0 wins for Swindon Town, Ilminster Town, and London Seawood against Longwell Green, Bristol Ladies Union, and Chelmsford City, respectively. Talking United, AC Littlehampton and Norton and Stockton Ancients and Fazla Celtic were among the other sides to enjoy comfortable victories. While QPR, as we mentioned earlier, they won 4-0 against Caversham. Leeds United, Mosley Hill and Long Eaton won by the same scoreline, while Abingdon Town and Portishead contested perhaps the tightest contest of the day, with Abingdale prevailing a brilliant 8-7 in a penalty shootout following a 2-2 draw. So a pretty dramatic game there. Fulham also held their nerve from the spot, winning 6-5 against Dartford. Naomi Felton's team, of course, who's appeared on this podcast a few times. The two sides have been locked at 1-1. And Bournemouth Sports, they also won on penalties following a six-goal thrill against Bishop Lydiard. Cheadle Stingers, Noel, Wakefield Trinity and Bedford also progressed to the first round via penalty shootouts. Lincoln City and Netherton, they were 3-2 victories against Howell Sports and Anstey Nomads, while Shifnal Town edged past Notts County 2-1. And finally, Hashtag United, Litchfield City and Norwich City also progressed while Eastleigh overcame Forest Green Rovers 2-0 to reach the first round for the first time in their history. And that was the third qualifying round of the FA Cup. However, last season's FA Cup takes precedent next weekend and it is the semi-finals and it's a massive game, isn't it, Alex, between Manchester City and Chelsea and then the other semi-finals, Arsenal against Brighton. Oh yeah, they're definitely two big games. I'm going to start with uh, City and Chelsea. I would like to say Chelsea are the favourites for the match just purely because of the run of form they're on. Man City are on a dire run of form, really struggling to get consistent wins, score goals. It just seems to be going wrong for Manchester City at the wrong, at the wrong time. Chelsea have got the dynamic duo of Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby up front. Vanilla Harder's finding her goal-scoring form. And Chelsea just look like a well-oiled machine. But on the flip side... Um, Man City, one of those teams that can come out and surprise you when you least expect it. Uh, moving on to Arsenal and Brighton. Again, Brighton are one of those teams that when they put in a performance, they really put in one. But with the current form, Arsenal are on, league leaders, haven't lost a game in the league so far. You know, it's looking likely that they'll go on and get the win. But Brighton, again, I'm not going to go out or go down without a fight, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, maybe mentioned to Emily last year when I presented one of the podcasts, or at least I think the question was asked to Emily, could Brighton be the dark horses this season? Because they've, um, oh, well, it's the last season now, isn't it? But Everybody will be looking at Manchester City and Chelsea. One of those will be knocked out. If Brighton can beat Arsenal, then it's a one-off game in a final then, isn't it? 
definitely. And that's the great thing about the FA Cup. It doesn't matter what your run of form is in the league. You're always rooting for the underdog and there are teams that just surprise you, whether it be in the women's competition, the men's competition, whichever. And that's what makes the FA Cup so great because you get a little bit of magic. Absolutely. We'll find out how all that went next weekend. Alex, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TWFP1. And also, it's the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe as well, and you can get the episodes uploaded to your device every week. Until then, look after yourselves, and we'll see you all very soon.